Welcome to another episode of Mac and Joe Talk on a Podcast. Hello everyone, thanks for joining us for another exciting episode, the end of May. I'm happy to be back here, of course, with the wonderful one and only Joe Satani. Hello Joe, how Hello, are you? Hello buddy, good to see you, glad to be here. Good to see you too, it's been a long time, it's been a couple hours. It's been uh, a couple hours. I don't know, I was trying to be, make light, make a joke. Uh, this is a podcast. Keep, keep the day job, buddy. Uh, yeah, I'm trying. Uh, I know, we're all trying, This right? is a, uh, This is a podcast where we talk about... Uh, fun things, fanboy things, things that make us happy. Um, this isn't really a prepared statement or anything, but of course there is a bunch of stuff happening in the world right now. Um, and while I don't know that it's for us to make a statement or something like that, I think it'd be remiss to say, we were, we would be remiss to not acknowledge that, uh, what is happening, especially in the States right now. Um, it is something that we are both thinking about. It is something that is both weighing heavily on our minds. Um, and we just, uh, yeah, just cause we're not making a statement on it. Like a, like a lot of other people, a lot of other sites and stuff like that doesn't mean that it's not important to us. We're just not making a statement on it right now, um, for several different reasons, but it of course is something that affects everyone. So having said that, we're going to try and bring a little distraction, bring it around, yep. have a little fun. Yep. Um, and let's just jump in. I'll try to keep it light on you today, buddy. I'm, yeah. I'm making a note of that. That's all right. Uh, I think I got some comments on the comments. I was a little too sensitive. So maybe, yeah, maybe mm, I just took a little too sensitive. Maybe, so. maybe I'm a little, maybe I'm a little hard. I just, maybe it was 50, 50. That's all right. Uh, we talked about this last week. The new tenant trailer came out last week. We didn't get a chance to talk about the trailer. Dry so Joe, it. Tell me everything that's going to happen in the movie based on the trailer. Yeah. It's like watching it up, watching a trailer for Westworld and trying to predict what's going to happen. Um, I have no idea. It looks like – it looks – I mean the, the comment that I made to you that I'm sure everyone's – as sure I'm sure on, is on everyone's mind is, is this a sequel to Inception? Is Because it looks like Inception Part sure. 2. Um, it, it, it has some similarities to be sure. I don't think it's Inception. Um but I don't know how if he. I don't know if John David Washington has some sort of power. I don't know what's going on. But he can kind of right. Yeah, I mean, is is it like Interstellar? I don't. I, you know, there's there's way too many there's way too many what ifs and, and way too many you yeah. know, speculations at this point to figure out what's going on. The trailer looks really good. I mean, it looks like it has this the typical Christopher Nolan style, which of course everyone knows who knows me knows that I love his style. I love the practical. No, I knew that you like Chris. I love the practical. I love the practical effects. I mean, the plane looks awesome. The the plane when it crashes at the end, at the very the last shot of the trailer. Remember. I don't remember that. I just remember seeing the it's cars like a big like, G seven plane that crashes through the building at the end of the trailer. Oh, I don't remember that's a pra- that. They've talked about some practical effects. Um, but anyway, like I love the fact that it, you know it has similar type effects to Inception. You know, things are rotating, things are going in reverse. It's like it's it's. It's really a, a, a play on the senses for sure, right. an optical illusion of, of sorts. Um, I I don't have any idea what this movie's about, and I hate 
I don't hate that we're trying to dissect it, but I hate trying to anticipate what's not a Joe's not a speculative. I don't. Well, I don't want to because I feel like it builds up the suspense. It builds up the hype, and not that not that I'm not already not that it's already not built up. It is, but I don't want to like be disappointed by by suspecting or anticipating one thing and getting a different thing. Sure. You know, I'd rather go in with a clean slate and not have you know. I mean, as much as I can. Sure. You know, I don't want to go into it thinking, oh, well, I know what's going to happen here and I know what's going to happen there. And, oh, this is what I think is going to happen. But then when you find out that doesn't happen, then you're disappointed. And I don't want to be disappointed when I see this movie. I don't think you will be. So, I mean, well, when we see it, whenever that's going to be, that's a whole different topic, which we touched on last week. But anyway, um, it looks cool. I love the cast. Robert Pattinson. It's got, like I said, John David Washington. I can't remember who else was in it. uh, Kenneth Branagh, Michael yeah, yeah. Caine. Michael Caine, yeah. Uh, Michael's Caine's been a Elizabeth Debicki, yep. Clarence Posey. Yep. Uh, good cast. A lot of a lot of up and comers besides Michael Caine, of course. Sure, and Kenneth Branagh, who was in Dunkirk, yeah. um, who's worked with Nolan before. Yeah. Um, again, um, having just, just really said cool. that, the Christopher really cool. Nolan films it's running on side of buildings are notorious for being coy on marketing. Because, um, again, a lot of that is built on the suspense. A lot of that is built on the twist. Again, even in Dunkirk, the marketing didn't have the three different time sequences. No, it didn't. You learned that kind of when but the story was, cool. was going, I which that was, was very cool. cool. Um, that would have been somewhat disappointing if you knew that going into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, so. I think so. I thought that was brilliant. But, again, you know, he – you see the character – you saw this in both trailers. John David Washington's character takes a pill. So you don't know if that means he's dead or he goes to a different place. You know, Robert Pattinson straight up asks him, is it time travel? And he says, no, it's reverse quantum. Whatever, Whatever that, that means. means. <laughs> right? So it's not it's not a basic, I'm he's going back. Right, I'm not going back in time. Mask. I don't know. Yeah, he's not going back in time to do something. He's preventing a crime that's going to happen. Like deja vu type thing. Right. So again, who knows? Um, it looks gorgeous. It looks fascinating. Um I think John David Washington is incredibly talented, and I think this like is his a, father. Yeah, I think in which there, we're going to touch on later. And he sounds well. That's one of the reasons why I did that. Um, and he sounds very much like his dad. Yeah, he does. Um, and I think Ballers was great for him. I think uh, Black Klansman was a very big next step for him, and I think this could be the next next step of stardom, being a star. I mean, if this is a, another. Inception, Dunkirk hit. Yeah, he's a star, um, and this only bodes well for Robert Pattinson going into the Batman as well. Great. So, yep, yep. Um, but yeah, I again, mean, we don't know anything new about dates. Warner's hasn't dropped anything. Um, again, I don't know how much more time we want to talk on that. But again, there's a whole bunch of logistics that theaters yeah. have to go through and, and all that stuff. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful we can get out to the theaters as soon as possible. Um, one so I can so, so we can see the film, but of course that means society is safe enough to go out and see these films. So that's what we're hopeful for. Um, but yeah, that's all we have. If anything news breaks, of course, we'll let you guys know next week. Uh, some general update, Joe. I think you actually touched on this last week. Did I really? You, I think you mentioned it. Uh, I don't. I had no idea this was coming. I totally just made this up. Oh, so you, I think you just predicted it then. No, I just. I, I had no idea this was going to happen, and this seems a little bit premature, to be honest. But that's okay. So Tom Brady and ESPN are, are collaborating to make a nine-part documentary on Brady's career to premiere in 2021. Of course, in the vein of The Last Dance. 
The reason why it's nine. Great idea, great idea, but come on, it's too early. The reason why it's nine, of course, nine Super Bowl appearances. That is the speculation, but what if he reaches Super Bowl this year? That makes it ten. I mean, who knows? Uh, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly um, – oh, well, I'm not I, – I, he's not going to win the Super Bowl. There won't, may not be a maybe, Super Bowl. Right, there may not know. be a season. Who knows? But I'm saying, like, it's just – it's too early. If he's still playing and he hasn't retired yet, come on, don't – Let's put the let's not put the cart before right. the horse. I mean, there are tons of reports that Kobe Bryant was doing this before he had passed. I mean, LeBron James is already filming his last couple seasons privately. Um, so I think this is going to be a new trend of sort that probably that started cool. on Michael Jordan. That's great. That's great. Um, Good. You know, thirty for thirty type style. Good. These documentaries. So Wasn't I'm excited to see was the there Lance one? Oh, there's a, yeah, one. the Lance Armstrong. Um, I haven't. It's on ESPN now airing. I'm excited to see it. Uh, but I think the overwhelming success of The Last Dance is only going to bring this type of documentary storytelling forward. I think that's fascinating. I think also so. – well, I, I don't know. I mean we'll have to see what these other ones are. But that's what I'm saying. Like It does seem early though, It for seems Brady. too early for a couple reasons. One, he's not retired. And and I think that you need some time needs – well, it doesn't need to pass. But – you need to be out of the league to be making something about yourself. That's a little premature. Second thing, I loved the fact that uh, – and we're, we have one episode left in The Last Dance. And I just want to touch on something about that show that I think is really great is they interview a lot of they – inter- they had a lot of input and a lot of different interviews from different people. They had people that liked Michael Jordan. They had people that despised Michael – not despised. That's a strong word. People that disliked Michael Jordan. People that were – people that butted heads with Michael Jordan. They had they had all sorts of people interviewed. And not to say that they, that they won't have that in Tom Brady's case, but I think it would be very difficult to get Bill Belichick to talk about Tom Brady, especially at this stage in the game and the fact that they may or may not have parted ways on not-so-good terms. Phil Jackson was a perfect person to interview. He was very cordial. He was very open about Michael. He he was he's the Zen master. He's called the Zen master for a reason. And he had a lot of input as to Michael's, you know, whatever. Everything had to do with the team. It was great, you know. And Steve Kerr was great as he always is. I'm just saying I can't see Bill Belichick, the guy who who who, who barely says two words to the media being involved in any sort of project involving Tom Brady at this point in his career. Right. He's still coaching. Phil Jackson's obviously not coaching anymore. It's just it's it's too early. I mean, I just I just don't see it. We'll see what we'll see what it turns out to I'm be. not saying it's a bad idea. I think it's a great idea, but you can't do it now and it, and, and and again, people aren't going to be willing to talk when they're still playing Tom Brady's still playing. Why would they want to sp- why would they want to spill their secrets? I mean, I just – I don't know. It just seems silly to do it now. But that's a great idea. Right. He certainly is one of the most – he certainly is one of the most unbelievable and, and top-rated quarterbacks of all time, top-rated athletes of all time. You know, I mean, the game is certainly different than it was back in the 1980s and 90s, but he was playing in the late 90s. I just – I don't know. I just don't see – I don't see it as – I see it being way too early to be doing this now. Okay. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, next, a little bit of news. John Stewart's Irresistible, which is starring Steve Carell, 
is going skipping theaters altogether. It's going directly to paid video on demand. I don't know how much interest Joe has, if any, on this. It's a political type of humor film where Steve Carell is an unlikely candidate for, I believe, like a Congress seat or something like that. Um, so who knows? Uh, it's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, a show I don't watch, but I know a lot of people watch I'm it and love it. I'm surprised you don't. It's extended for a 15th season. Well, I guess I just never got get, onto you'll it. You'll have to get onto it. Um, it will break the record for the 15th season. When it does air, it will break the record of all-time live-action comedy show. Again, there are you know sitcoms uh, in terms of animated, like Simpsons and stuff like that, that are longer. There are long-running drama shows, Law & Order SVU that are longer. This is for a live action comedy show. It's there's a 1997 show on ABC that have ran 14 seasons. I didn't write it down, but that's the show that it breaks the record. Are you a fan of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Joe? Haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. I just haven't seen it. I've heard it's good. Okay. Danny DeVito does have Danny DeVito. <laughs> Has uh, Haley Joel Osment too in it. Uh, Martin Scorsese's next film, Killer of the Flower Moon, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro will be produced by Apple Studios. This is the third film in a row that Martin Scorsese is foregoing a traditional studio to do. Um, The last one was uh, Netflix, and then before that was the film Silence. Which he produced that through Amazon. The that was in the It theaters. was produced through Amazon Studios. So non-traditional studios what I, was what I was going okay, for. Okay. Uh, but again, you could have seen uh, Irishman in in, uh, in film theaters as well. Well, it, is. well, it wasn't playing. It was playing. Lim- well, whatever. Anyway, yeah. uh, I see your point. Yes. Surprise that uh, one of our biggest theatrical champions is sticking with this format. Or surprise? No. I mean, he's. Thinking outside the box, it's fine. I got no problem with it. Maybe it's the cheaper of maybe it's the cheapest route right now. I don't know. There's no really have no idea why he's choosing why he's choosing. But if anything, it may, probably makes it yeah, like I said, easier to make his movies. Right. We've talked about that before. Less expensive, you know. You can go to the yeah. I mean, or I, a bigger budget and a, a studio also, like Apple will be able to pay for it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Or it's well, not overly, it's not that. overly worried about the financial. Box yeah, office that's what return. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And then not only that, but then you know he sees he sees the he might be seeing the the rise of these type of studios and wants to jump on board while the going is hot. No, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Strike I don't know. All the irons hot. Yeah, I mean it's got. Leo and De Niro, so it's, it's an interesting pair. Classic Scorsese. It's an interesting pair. So I don't know. I'm not it's bad. I'm just saying, like, I I think this might be the first time they've worked together. Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. I just uh, can't recall a movie where I've seen Leo and Robert De Niro together. Yeah, I don't anyway, know. Anyway, that's a good question. Uh, speaking of good questions, yes, we have a fan great question. transition. Joe. This is a great question for. Uh, for uh, for us, and probably more geared towards you, simply because I, I I'm not I haven't gotten into a whole lot of TV series um, aside from Game of Thrones. But the question was based on the brief discussion in regards to TV series, what are the best and worst TV finales? So I have a couple, and I, for both. I only have one. I just wrote down I just wrote down series that I think were interesting. Um, uh, again, some of these I haven't seen, 
So I just wrote them down just because I know there was controversy surrounding them. But obviously the only one that I wrote down was Game of Thrones. I thought the ending, the finale was lukewarm at best. Um, it was straight out of Lord of the Rings. Um, I thought it was a little, it, it, it had, I was very not confused. Like, like I didn't understand what was going on. I understood what they were doing, but it was very safe. It was a safe finale. It wasn't anything original. Um, it wasn't that original to me. Um, I wasn't captivated. I wasn't, it didn't have the same gravitas that the, that the entire series had. Right. So I was disappointed, but yeah, overall, I think it was a good series. Just the, the last, the last episode, the very, very last episode, if that's what we're talking about, the series finale. I think so. That's the way I it took is it. Not, yeah. It was not up to par. Yeah. But that's what I wrote down. And then I wrote down some other series that we can touch on after you. Uh, for worst finales of all time, I put uh, True Blood. Uh, show on HBO, uh, the ending basically. the one with... Uh, uh, Anna Paquin. Anna, Anna she's Paquin, yeah. it was HBO. She's a vampire. Yeah, yeah. Um, you the, saw that? Yeah, it was fun. I, I enjoyed the show, but the last episode basically un, undoes everything that undoes. Had, right? It, it yeah undoes 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 uh, whatever. Ahsoka Tana, Ahsoka Tana, whatever. Anyway, um, tomato tomato. Sure. Um, Don't be sensitive. So, uh, buddy. I, did, I didn't like it. Okay. Um, one of my favorite shows of all time, Entourage. Um, had an okay final, um, and it really was a moment on the show. The entire series had been these four guys who had were living this kind of fantasy life and doing kind of all these crazy things. And the last season kind of really sees them grow up. And the end of the episode of season seven really is like, all right, we grow up and we're here now. Um, so part of why I put this down, the sour note is they of course made the movie X amount of years later. And then the movie literally starts five minutes after the show ends. And they're like, Nope, we're going to go back to being, uh, these single guys doing crazy stuff. And it completely undoes everything that happened in that last season. So that was disappointing. Uh, worst, uh, another one is house of cards. Uh, I put this in the sense of I understand what happened to Kevin Spacey that final year. He couldn't be a part of filming for obvious and necessary reasons. Um, And they tried to make the show as good as possible. Robin Wright was incredible as she was the entire series. But it was very, very clear the entire time they were building toward a certain type of storyline for the last season. And without Kevin Spacey there, they simply could not do that story. So that entire last season, especially the finale, felt very weak, felt very kind of strained, like they were searching for something to do uh, because it all kind of fell apart. And just like any show would, falls apart when your main character or your co-main character is not there in the last season. You can't really explain why. Uh, It was just kind of gone. Best, uh, this is going to be controversial for a ton of people. I put Lost... Um, I, I do remember the ending of Lost. I remember it being very mixed for people, um, but I did enjoy it. I Again, once you hit season four in Lost, it does go to alternate timelines, um, and it does provide some closure for some of the characters and not for others. Um, and there are All the answers are not answered, but I still enjoyed uh, what it did because I thought it was very reflective of the show. Just like Joe mentioned Game of Thrones, the ending was not reflective of what the show was. 
per se. I thought the ending of Lost was reflective of what the show was. Uh, best, I also put The Americans. Uh, enjoyed how it ended. Uh, and then Breaking Bad is an obvious and easy one. So, yeah, I put... I, uh, the, yeah, one, the, one, the ones I wrote down, uh, I, again, I, I heard... Mixed, somewhat mixed reviews, maybe according to you, you heard people were more pleased with this, but Breaking Bad, um, I haven't seen it, not all the episodes I've seen, like the first season, and that's it. Um, another series I put down that's somewhat controversial that I think you haven't gotten to yet, So I and I don't know how it ends, I have no idea, but I put The Sopranos. Haven't, I've avoided it. The Sopranos. Still, still getting through it. So, and then I put uh, another, I put one sitcom on here, and that was Seinfeld. Okay. I thought that was a that was that's not the best. I mean, okay. So the question was, what are the best and what are the worst? I could barely even pick any that I had even seen, let alone right. best or worst. So I just put ones that I remembered or that I had thought about, or ones that I remember had gotten a lot of traction when they came out. And I, the one one of the ones that I did see was Seinfeld. So I thought that one was again. It was it was as you mentioned about Lost. It was very representative of the series the series itself was you so know, you liked it i i thought it was appropriate okay. i mean it wasn't like a, an enjoyable likable ending the very very last scene but it was appropriate that they kind of they ended up you know it was larry david obviously he's done he's done uh, the other show curb your enthusiasm, curb your enthusiasm. He, you know him and jerry seinfeld and the whole crew like it it worked it just wasn't like so a happy... ended up in jail or something like yeah, that? Yeah, they ended or? up in jail and then they zoom out and it literally just goes to black because it's like it's like them ending up in jail. Which again is silly, but that's how the show was. Right. So it was it was really kind of a silly... Like there were moments in it that were really funny. Obviously many moments in it that were really funny. But it wasn't like... It wasn't your usual type of comedy. It wasn't... It was... It was... I don't want to say it's dry humor, but yeah, it was kind of dry humor, but it was, it was just, it's, it's unlike any comedy I ever, I had ever seen before. Okay. Um, and the ending I thought was appropriate, totally different side note. I just realized this, this last week, cause I know he passed away. Uh, Frank Stiller, Jerry Stiller. No, sorry. Jerry Stiller. His yeah. name is Frank in the show. Oh, okay. Jerry Stiller. I didn't realize that was Ben Stiller's dad. Yeah. And I figured that ben out Stiller's last dad. week when, yeah. when his dad passed away. And I and I kind of want to watch the, the not, not tribute, but like I guess Ben Stiller had some nice things to say about his dad. I, I think so, and, yeah. And I kind of want to watch that. But anyway, he was a funny character. His name was Frank, yeah. It was Frank uh, – it The was, character name. Yeah, right? yeah, Frank uh, – I can't remember. It was George's dad. Frank Costanza? Uh, yeah, Frank Costanza, yeah. I just anyway, know George Costanza. Yeah, yeah, George Costanza. Anyway, those guys, yeah, they were all sort of like off the wall, like goofy, like like uh, Three Stooges type characters. Like they were just goofy together. It was, right. you know, it wasn't, you know, it's, it's just hard to explain and it's hard to kind of replicate that type of humor. Like there's been other iconic sitcoms like The Office. We talk about The Office I, I put friend I would put friends I would put Big Bang Theory these are all kind of unique t- type style humor and Seinfeld was up there but yeah it it didn't have a great ending but I thought it was appropriate what, let me circle back that's a good answer <laughs> all okay, right that's all right 
big news coming following on the heels of release the Snyder Cut. Henry Cavill is in talks to return to play Superman. Uh, we've talked about this, I feel, at length before. Is he going to come back? Is he not going to come back? Is it appropriate to? Um, with the traction... Is it appropriate to? Well, if they're not going to go forward with the DCEU, are they going to recast? They've already recast Batman, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, with, with, I think, the release of Snyder Cut traction happening, I think there is a renewed interest in him. Um, and he's been open about wanting to come back. Right, Ben Affleck is not going to come back. But he's been open and wanting to come back. Uh, reports indicate it is not necessarily for Man of Steel 2. Uh, I have an article on this on the website at fanboyplanet.com. I broke down some of the upcoming films from DC, what films he could appear in, what films he would not appear in. Again, if it's not for Man of Steel 2, uh, reports are he, they may try and be DC's Hulk, where he just kind of fits into certain films and... Uh, not necessarily his own film. Uh, films, he's, I don't think he's, there's any chance he's going to show up in Wonder Woman 1984 or The Suicide Squad. Those are both wrapped filming. I think, you know, even with his character's history with Wonder Woman, unlikely. Uh, I think it's unlikely for Aquaman 2. I just don't see those two going forward. I think James Wan has an overall plan for Arthur Curry, and I think that's probably going to stick with it. It's possible he could show up in the Flash film. Again, especially if it's Flashpoint, where there's different universes. Uh, I think the most likely film or films is the upcoming Black Adam film starring uh, Rock or Shazam 2. Again, Superman was in Shazam. Uh, He was in it for about two seconds, and you could not see his face. You could only see from his chest down with the Superman. Uh, Of course, Superman and Shazam have teamed up in the comics. They have fought Black Adam, who is Shazam's biggest rival um there is talk of black adam also helping form the justice society of america so again that could be a team-up film um any are you excited about henry cavill getting back on getting back to superman it's not going to be not necessarily in man of steel 2 i mean right but this could lead to it right i mean it could if if yeah i mean i liked him but if it it goes well he's not he's not such he, I don't think he is the only character that can play Superman at this stage of the game. Um, he has played Superman for quite for a few films. You know, you could count him on you know whatever four or five or six Just films. Three, okay, three films. Right. And I thought he did a great job. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the original Man of Steel in a minute. I thought he did great as as Superman, but I don't think he has cemented himself as the only Superman. Is what I'm saying. Sure. Um, you know, I've there are certain characters in other in other uh, type movies that I think have cemented their roles, uh, and that is Indiana Jones has to be played by Harrison Ford. Okay. Um, James Bond has been kind of interesting because that has that has trans. Uh, that has uh, overcome barriers of time and 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 right. And, and they're mostly standalone. Yeah, right? they're mostly standalone. But again, it has it has overcome all sorts of interesting ideas. We've talked about Idris Elba maybe playing the next Bond. I don't know. Maybe that was squashed. Who knows? Anyway, the point being, there are certain there are certain characters, there are certain actors and actresses that have cemented their roles as a particular character. 
Henry Cavill hasn't cemented his role Superman. He does great in it, but he's not the only one. Even Christian Bale's not the only Batman. You know, right. you've gotten other ones too. Right, and I so, think those that's just the I'm just saying I, yeah. I'm just saying it, am I excited about it? Yeah, it would be cool to see him as Superman, but I'm not like, oh my god, salivating, can't wait to see Henry Cavill. Right. You know, so I do think I'm, we, this may come across when we talk about Man of Steel. Yes. Uh, I, and I've said this before several times. I think the one thing for sure that DC's gotten right is the casting. And I think Henry Cavill cast as Superman is really, really good. Like he really looks the part. Yeah, he does. He's good. He's really good in Man of Steel. Um, the other films, BVS. And Justice League, I think he suffers from the material that's given I never, to him. I never, just I never like, criticized him. Just like the other actors, especially in Justice League, they are, they are, they suffer from the material that they are stuck in. So we'll see what happens with the Snyder Cut. Um, I did watch Man of Steel last night, um, but so I know. You, so you've seen it more recently than I have, actually. Although I did watch like the last half an hour. I know Joe is a fan. I am of a fan. the film, and I don't know why you. And put we've this, talked about I it. I don't know why you put this on here, but you're putting it on here, and especially since what? I haven't seen it recently. I w- we should do your review first because you saw it last night, and I want to hear if your if your opinion has changed on this film. Okay. That's fine. Uh, Probably hasn't, but that's okay. I do like the film. I didn't say I didn't like it. It's not a great film for me. Um, it very much feels like a Christopher Nolan Batman film stuck in a Superman film. Um, all right, again, this is 2013. This is right after The Dark Knight Rises. It very much has that dark and somber tone, kind of continues on. It almost feels like it's trying to be the opposite of Marvel at that point. Um, so for me, that is a problem with the character. Again, Superman represents hope. He represents optimism. He represents the idea of what Americana is. Remember, Superman is created in the 20s and the 30s when America is at the turn of the century, right? The growing consumerism of America, the idea of what America is. Um, and I felt none of that watching Man of Steel. I never felt okay. any optimism. So your so your so your big criticism but, of the film is that it doesn't hearken to the to the roots to the character of, of what he in is. the comic books. Yes. Okay, in your opinion, yes. Um, I will say some positive things. The film is vu- visually very beautiful. It's very stunning, just like all of Zack Snyder's work. Even a film I don't like, like Sucker Punch, um, the film's very very beautiful. Um, the one thing I will say with Man of Steel and BVS, and I hope goes through Justice League, I think with BVS, especially with the Ultimate Edition, um, you can very much see a through-line thread of what's happening. So I'm not saying it's all going to pay off with Justice League release of Snyder Cut, but at least there will be a, a through-line of what Zack Snyder was trying to say. Um, the two driving forces in the film... Obviously, the Christian allegory, he represents Jesus. He represents the idea of a savior coming down that's blanketed throughout the film. I get it. I enjoy it. Um, The other one, he is a savior coming down from a different planet. He's a savior coming down to save them. Okay, well, Um, I didn't view it that way at all, but that's okay. It's just kind of like Neo from The Matrix, right? The one, the one. I mean, it's it's the same idea. Um, The other one, of course, free will versus destiny, which is the... The the main disparage between Zod and Jor-El, you know, Jor-El believes in free destiny. 
Zod believes in the idea of... Uh, so uh, Jor-El believes in free will because um, he, he doesn't let Kal-El basically get a chip inside him. Um, predetermining Zod very much believes in the idea of whatever role you are given in society, that is the role you have. So that's a very nice, not nice, but I see the ideological argument between the two. And those to me are the two big driving themes of it. Um, I didn't like the dad perspective. Again, the two opposite versions of what is happening between the two. Um, Cause at the end he just goes with kal and he becomes Superman. Um, just like most people, I didn't like the violent ending of the film. Um, yeah, you see him save that family at the end before when he kills Zod, but how many thousands upon thousands of people died with all those buildings going down? Um, it just felt unnecessary. It felt like it didn't stick with the tone of the film. Um, and the ending just didn't work for me. So overall, it's a good film. It's beautiful, but it just kind of in the middle, in the middle. Good. Okay. So that's fine. Go ahead, Joe. Um, I want to preface this by saying a couple things. Um, and I have looked this and I have looked at this movie. Uh, I haven't watched it recently, but, and I'm just going to use Rotten Tomatoes as my barometer for the be all end all of what people consider to be good cinema. Sure. And right now I just looked this up. Man of Steel is at 56%. Just to put that in perspective, and these are some other movies. First of all, I'm going to compare it to the other Superman movie that came out prior to this one. That was Superman Returns, which I thought was absolutely abysmal. Got a 75% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is substantially higher. Brian Singer won than right? 56, yeah. which I think is ridiculous. But sure. that's just I'll me. agree with that. I will also say that. Superman Returns got 75, and again, just to put that in perspective, two other movies that I think are great movies that are on the same plane on Rotten Tomatoes, Crash and Green Book. So those are at the mid-70s, high-70s barometer. Green Man, Book's only a 70 Green Book is a 78. Uh, Green Book is a 78. Crash is a 74. Uh, that's, that's a little low. Superman but... Returns is 75. Mm. And I think that is ridiculous. Yeah. So Man of Steel is at a 56%. That's low. Which is extremely low in my yeah. opinion. Um, there are many reasons why I like the film. Many, many reasons. Number one, I love the soundtrack. I love the, f- I love the fact that it builds you up. It's got that feel-good music. You say it doesn't have that feel-good, hopeful thing. I think it does. I love the the coming-of-age story of Superman. I love the fact that it's Henry Cavill. As you say, it's perfect casting. I love seeing Russell Crowe as Jor-El. I love seeing um, uh, whatever his name is as Zod. I forget his name. Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. He's He's great great as Zod. I love seeing Kevin Costner as his dad and Diane Lane as his mom. I love seeing Amy Adams in it. It has it is a pack. It has Lawrence Fishburne as at the Daily Planet. It has it has the bald guy. Uh, I forget his name. Not the bald guy. It has the guy from SVU for Christ's sake. It oh has, yeah, Christopher Maloney. Yeah, yeah. It has it has the guy from The Matrix. It has the guy from uh, the bald guy with the beard who's been in other funny movies. Or, not funny movies, but he's played other good roles. Okay. The the, the scientist guy. Yeah, I, 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 I don't the, know his name, but I know beard. you're talking he's, about that. Yeah, anyway. yeah. I, I, I forget their names. I didn't yeah, write yeah. them all down. That's okay. Uh, this is a packed cast. Mm-hmm. And 
if we're going to give Zack Snyder, this was this was by Zack Snyder, yes, yes, directed by Zack Snyder. Okay, yep. so if we are going, directed and written, okay, yep. so if I may, if I may, make the argument that if we're going to be all gung ho about about Zack Snyder's Justice League and Zack Snyder's Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. those cuts, because we haven't seen them. Mm-hmm. Why would you not give Man of Steel its day? If it's a Zack Snyder film, uh, yes, I get a Zack Snyder can have a bad film. It can have Sir Steven Who Spielberg. are you asking to give it its day? I'm saying I'm, I'm make, I'm making the case that if we are going to give, if we are going to build up Zack Snyder, as being he is a creative genius and we are going to give him give this movie a 56% on Rotten Tomatoes that is a disservice in my opinion so it has a great cast great music i actually like the story i like the fact because it rem- it, it very much reminds me of the tv show and i didn't read the comics so i don't have i didn't read comic books growing up so i have a clean slate i have nothing going into this I have I have Batman, I have Christopher Nolan putting his exec, executive producer stamp on it. That's it. So I'm I'm I and I remember when the trailers came out. All it did was show a little kid in the back in his backyard with the wind flapping, and he was wearing a cape. That was all I remember. And it said executive producer Christopher Nolan, directed by Zack Snyder. I was totally on board, and I was super excited for it. Um, the trailer gave me nothing. Um, I love Michael Shannon as like the is as the arch as as Zod. I thought he plays the role perfectly. Um, I there there's for me there's very little I can pick wrong with the film. Yes, Kevin, you mentioned this as you were watching the film when Kevin Costner kind of sacrifices himself to save the dog. You thought that was silly because you thought. Sorry, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. But you did think it was silly. You were confused. I thought it was silly in the sense of he doesn't want to do it because he doesn't want people. He doesn't want people to know that his son is Superman. And why is he doing that? But people already know his son is Superman when he saved all those kids on the bus. Like they already know that. All the kids know that. No, they don't. They don't. They they don't know his Superman at all. It was. It was. Okay. He hid. So he's not Superman at that point, but he has these abilities. Okay. They already know that. So you think it's. Okay, so so there, so I I think there's something noble in that. I think there's something noble in him sacrificing himself okay. to protect his family, to protect his adopted son. Okay, I think there's something noble in that. I don't okay. think I don't see that as silly. Okay, um, I like the fact that uh, you know Russell Crowe is in it. He and and like I said, Michael Shannon, the arch, the 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 acting. I thought is on point. The acting was very good. And Amy Adams is in it. She won an Academy Award. This is, like I said, the, the, the cast is packed with talent. Um, not to say that that's the only thing that makes the movie, but the acting is that great. Helps. It's great. The acting is great. Um, so the answer I, I, your... You, you, you mentioned that the violence at the end is bad. If, if I might push back on that, sure. I'm not going to criticize that's you. That's fine. Um, if I might push back on the violence, yes, it does create – it does have a darker noir-type film, but Zack Snyder makes noir dark-type films. So in my opinion, it's very much appropriate for his style. Okay. D- Batman vs. Superman, dark. Justice League, dark. Uh, note uh, the, 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 the two – 
A Dame to Kill For or whatever. What was the name of that? Sin, Sin City. City. Sin City. Dark, noir type film. Right. Zack Snyder. Again, these are all – it is all symbolic. It is all representative of his style. Now, I'm not saying that that is, that that is not contrary to the comic book. But I'm saying I didn't read the comic book. So I don't have this battle between what I read and what I see. So I don't have that. Um, you mentioned that there was too much that there that, that you didn't like the violence of him snapping Zod's neck. Is that is if I may understand sure. what you're yeah, saying? That's fine. You don't like that? Superman doesn't kill. Okay. Well again, that's but that that's a nitpicky okay. going back to the source yes, material. Yes, that's going back to the source material. I and thought that's it, okay. I thought it was like a it. very emotional point in the film, and that's why he stops and yells afterwards, because now he realizes that he is alone in terms of his heritage, in terms of his um, genetics. His entire race is gone. And that, to me, is a very emotional moment, and I understood that, why he was upset. Because he had to make the choice between, at the last moment right before Zod kills this family, that Superman has to make the choice. And yes, whether he kills him or not, fine. But he had to make the choice. And he had to make the choice. The choice he made was the humans of Earth. And that, to me, was the overarching theme. You talked about a religious theme, and I'm not saying that's not true, but I don't get that at all. I don't, I don't, I don't, view, it that, I don't view this film that way at all. I view it, and again, I I liked, I could see your point when you said that, like I said, Kevin Costner sacrificing himself, having having Kevin Costner saying, why should he hide who he is? I get all that, but I see that he, that Kevin Costner, I don't see Kevin Costner saying, don't be yourself, as much as he is saying, as much as he is saying, I I I am concerned about how other people will treat you. Mm-hmm. And I'm concerned about you being hurt as a result of you being yourself. Mm-hmm. That's the message that I get. And I, like I said, I just, I, I mean, I think it's a great movie. 56% seems extremely low for me. In my opinion, I think it's a much better film than Superman Returns, which I thought was really bad. But it is what it is. So to answer that part, I think there are millions upon millions of people that agree with you. And I think that's why that BVS is very much in that tone, in that story thread. And when you get to Justice League, it's not that thread. And I think that's why release the Snyder Cut is such a big thing. Because so many people like you love Man of Steel. And they love BVS Snyder's vision of what that is, and they want to see that go all the way through. Even if there's a large peer party, large number of people that don't want it, there are millions upon millions of people that feel that passionate that you do about it, and they want to see that storyline all the way through because it does set up several interesting arcs for what he going forward he is going to be. It's very clearly defined as the story going forward. Right. This is not the end of the story for Superman. He is just, this is the origin story. There are so many subtle things where it sets up for future films. Um, and that's obvious. And it should be because it's a great setup for him. Um, so I think to answer your question, yeah, 56% is low. And the reason why the Snyder Cut is such a big deal is because there are, 
like I said, millions of people that are passionate like you about it that want to see that vision go all the way through. So I hope you, I hope you give BVS a chance because um, I think it is good. I'll be, I'll view BVS the Snyder Cut um, in the same light of Man of Steel. I think there's really, really good stuff in it, um, and that's what intrigues me about Justice League, the Snyder Cut, because um, I think there, there is an overarching storyline that we didn't get to see, unfortunately, because Justice League was scrapped, basically. Um, so I'm excited to see it. Man of Steel is a good film. Go out and give it your own chance. Um, view it. I know it's been out for a while. Um, but yeah, thank you, Joe. Show some passion right there. A little hot body. You want to take a break? No. Doing okay? No. All right, film reviews. Um, this is an HBO film. Of course, we're not talking about any films in the theater. Uh, this is an HBO film, Bad Education, starring Allison Janney and Hugh Jackman. Um, it was okay. Um, Hugh Jackman is good in it. Um, but there is nothing new in the film that I, I truly loved, right? It tells the story of a school district. Uh, Hugh Jackman is a school administrator. Uh, he and Allison Janney are, are corrupt and they steal funds uh, from the school to fund their own kind of lifestyle. Um, and it's not a secret. It's based on a true story, so I'm not giving spoilers away. Uh, but that is kind of what it is. Uh, Hugh Jackman is kind of this sanctimonious appearing good guy to everybody hey he reminds was that film that we saw where he's like the politician who cheats on his wife yeah um he kind of he kind of reminded me of that where it's like yeah the front runner where it's like oh he's this really good guy who's doing all these good things uh but once you peel the layer back you realize he's kind of a bad person um so it kind of reminded me of that but it was okay. It was worth it. Watch. If you have HBO Max, it's on HBO Max. Do you know what that got rated on Rotten Tomatoes by any chance? Which one? Front Runner or Bad Education? Bad Education. I have no idea. No idea. Okay. No. Well, I just thought I'd point out that it was a 93%. Yeah. And you think it's not that good. Okay. What's okay. your point? I'm just saying, Rotten Tomatoes isn't the be all end all. My I, didn't, I, didn't, I never brought up Rotten Tomatoes. You're no. the one that brought it up. My I think Man of Steel is low. I, I, I even said Green Book should be higher. I think Crash should be higher than 75%. I'm not the one bringing up Rotten Tomatoes. That's fine if you want to. But I'm not looking at it from that perspective. I'm trying to view it from my own thing. I understand why you bring it up, and that makes sense. So if you like Hugh Jackman, you should watch the film. Yeah, I'm going to. Um, but for me, it didn't give me anything new. But that's just my own perspective. No, I did not check Rotten Tomatoes. I'm sorry. Maybe I should have. I didn't check it for this one either. Uh, the Lovebirds Netflix film. It was supposed to be released by Paramount. Of course, it got sold to Netflix. Uh, it's very funny. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani and Issa Rae are very kind of up and coming. Mostly known for their TV work, although Kumail Nanjiani uh, has broken out a little bit with The Big Sick. Uh, he's, of course, going to be a part of Marvel's Eternals. Um, it's kind of a crazy, this couple... Is kind of on the brink of breaking up. And then they kind of have this crazy thing happen to them um, where they're kind of not framed for murder, but something around them happens and they're kind of go on the run. Um, kind of uh, reminded me of a film. I don't know if you ever saw it. Kind of, It starred Steve Carell and Tina Fey, Date Night. It reminded me of that kind of premise. Never saw it. Um, very funny. It's only like 90 minutes. It's kind of a nice, good, fun, quick comedy. It's not long at all. Uh, gets a bunch of jokes and again I think Camille and Johnny used to Ray. Uh, very very funny uh, very very up and coming I didn't write this down but I also saw The Banker it's on Apple TV Plus um, very very good film 
Um, if the yeah, I mean, if we ended our top ten, I know it would be very, very early, but the banker would be on it. Uh, Anthony Mackey is great. Um, Samuel L. Jackson and Nicholas Holt are, are good, uh, but this really is Anthony Mackey's film, and he really does kind of carry it. It's the first time I've seen him kind of in a lead, lead role, um, and it really tells the story of this very, very smart guy, Anthony Mackey, who is a banker, who wants to be a banker, who wants to, uh, who wants to own several retail properties, but of course... Because he's African American at a certain time in America, he can't. So he uses uh, Nicholas Holt as kind of his front man. Um, it's very, very clever, based on a true story. Um, go check out The Banker now if you have Apple TV Plus. General discussion: This is an article um, that came through. Uh, Senator Ted Cruz introduces legislation aimed at preventing studios altering films to adhere to Chinese theater policy. What should studios do? kind of in response to that, if this bill gets passed, I guess I didn't necessarily make that clear. Um, So this, of course, is a bill that introduced kind of around uh, COVID-19 and and putting restrictions on China for several different reasons. Um, China is a massive market for films, especially for superhero films, uh, franchise films for China. Um, But studios routinely edit films to conform to the Chinese box office. Chinese box office has much uh, stricter standards for several different topics. Uh, I'll just say one. Uh, Onward had a character who was openly gay. Um, Not a main character, but was only in one scene, I think. Um, But it was very clear that this character talked about their same-sex partner and the kid that they shared together. Again, not something overly groundbreaking for most people, but for Pixar, it was a significant step. Uh, For Disney, it was a significant step. Um, But it was also very clear that in China, when the film was released in China, that scene was cut um, to pass Chinese censorship. So if this does get passed, do studios cater to Chinese audiences because they're such a big part? Or do they have to make the films the way their creators envision them and then if chinese markets don't accept it then they simply can't play in china so if i may offer a little bit of background as to what's going on here because i did i did do some research on what this bill is and what it is and isn't okay so this bill is basically saying that the studios not that the studios can't do what they want however it is Apparently, the studios use the Department of Defense funds, and the big umbrella there is governmental funds for film production. Okay, I was not aware that this was even happening. Sure, Same. and I think it's I think it's a little silly that the Department of Defense is loaning money for movies, but that's a separate. Anyway, so what the bill says is if studios are going to be cutting if they are going to alter their movies for the Chinese market they will no longer be allowed to ask for funds from the government in production of their films okay so that is what this bill is saying okay um it is not saying they they can't do that it's saying that if you want money from us you're going to do it the way we say um what, so what should studios do? Um, the articles that I read when I looked this up, um, 
they kind of mentioned that the amount of money that they would get from ticket revenues in China is much, much more than the funds that they would get from the Department of Defense or from the government in film production. Okay. So it's kind of a no-brainer no option. Okay. Um, uh, so what should they do? I don't know. I mean, it's it. I think the the one thing that comes to mind when I think of this bill, it's the first thing that popped into my head when I was researching it and thinking about my response is McDonald's. Okay. Okay. Now McDonald's is a global entity, right? They they sell they have McDonald's in every corner of the globe. All right. However, they don't have the exact same menu every single place. Okay. They have the same standards. They have the same way they prepare the food. They have the same way they display the food. But you're not going to get a Big Mac in Russia or whatever. You're not going to get a Big Mac in, in, in you know, whatever, some obscure – wherever they have McDonald's. I, I, they have different menu items based on their location. Okay. So the point I'm trying to make is why can't studios – Adjust their product for their market. I don't care, but this this I think this bill is more of is is more representation of the trade war and the and the I don't think it has anything to do with the coronavirus. I think it has everything to do with the with the with the exports and imports battle that's going on between the Chinese government and the American government, the U.S. Mm-hmm. government. Um, but I don't. What should they do? Market your product where you want it and sell it wherever you want. I mean, I, I don't like really care. I mean, I if they want to adjust their their product, people do this all the time. I mean, you, they, like I said, McDonald's has specific items on their on their menus depending on where you are in the world. They're not going to call it a Big Mac. They're going to call it something else. They're going to – and they may not even have a Big Mac because maybe they can't serve beef in that corner of the world. Maybe it has to be made with chicken or turkey or whatever. You know, it can't it – it's not the same thing. So why – how is this any different than that? You know? I don't know. Yeah, you're right. That's my point. Yeah. And so I'm just saying like it just seems silly and it seems like a waste of time. Like I – it's – I don't know. And like I said, from what I read, it sounded like the movie companies – the movie studios get more money from the Chinese market than they do receive from funds from the government. Okay, so anyway, it would it would it's a no brainer then. It doesn't really do anything. Okay, <laughs> they would choose to do the Chinese market. Yeah, <laughs> I just I, it I was yeah. I was I was baffled that they. <laughs> I was baffled that they used the Department of Defense money right. to fund film production. Like, what does it have to do with the Department of Defense? Like, I don't know. I, it just didn't make any sense to me. Like, I would that was that was the more baffling thing than this bill. Yeah, I mean, the bill seems silly. I mean, like, I get I get the point what he's trying to make. He's trying to hop on. Maybe he's trying to do something. You know, because from what I read, this is this the the the, the Chinese theater policy has has raised their restrictions on American cinema. And they did that in, I guess, a response to the United States' sanctions on Chinese products and things like that. So there's a big trade war going on. And this is and this bill, I think, is part of 
their response to the Chinese government saying, well, well, we have to edit your movies and things like that. And I guess this has been going on for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, this, I don't know. The, the, uh, Hollywood censoring or not censoring, but yeah, censoring their films for different markets, for right? different markets in particular for the Chinese market. This isn't anything new. So they've been doing it for a while. I just, I, I don't know. That's just my response to it. I, what should they do? What should studios do? Sell to sell to the Chinese market. I mean, if 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 if, if the U.S. government and I don't think they could. I mean, maybe they could find those studios, but just saying you're not going to use the government funds. I don't know how many government funds they used to begin with, but it didn't right. sound like it was. Excuse me, as much as the Chinese market ticket sales. Okay, so I don't know. Good. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh... Yeah, I mean, it sounds to me, and you've read more than I have on this, the legislation um, is for a certain type of action happening in the world right now, mm-hmm. but it's going to have ramifications that could ripple throughout the industry. Um, we'll see what happens. Um, we'll try this again, weekly rankings. We'll see what happens. Uh, in honor of John David Washington's new trailer tenant, we're going to go, of course, with the father. Denzel Washington. We're going to do his top five films. I will say this was a lot tougher than doing Russell Crowe's for me. Denzel had a lot more. I films changed it, buddy. I'm sorry, me. and I didn't tell you this, but I changed it. I can't do top ten. I can't do five. I had to do top ten. I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. We're only going to do five through one, though. So go ahead and All start right. with number five. All right. N- n- what are you talking about? We're doing five through one. No, top we're five. not. No, we're not. I'm going to do my honorable mentions then. Okay, go okay. ahead and do all your mentions. Honorable mentions. All right, Unstoppable, Manchurian Candidate, Fallen, and The Hurricane. Those are all honorable mentions. And then I have 10 to 6 because I'm going to do it anyway because I, there's no way you could do top 5 for Denzel. Well, you could have. You, you just read your top 5. No, I'm <laughs> not going to. That is 100% okay. how you do it. Number 10. I'm just going to edit this out, guys. Number, That's all right. Number 10, Remember the Titans. A great film. Disney film. Plays a football coach. Number 9, The Great Debaters. It's a great film. Inspirational. Number 8, John Q. Another great film. Uh, number seven got the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. You can't inc- you can't not include this movie. Glory. Number six, the Spike Lee film that he was great in. Jesus, or he was uh, not Jesus. That was that was his Jesus, son. Yeah, it was. Uh, I forget his first name. Last name was Shuttlesworth. He was he played he played Ray Allen's dad. And it was like a big basketball store. Number six, he got game. Spike Lee. Okay, that's my six. All right, now go ahead, buddy. Let's hear your five. Number five. Uh, number five is Philadelphia. Number five, Philadelphia. For you, I put. For me, it was number five. I put Crimson Tide. That's a great movie. Uh, number four. This is going to be low for Joe. It's okay. Uh, is, is Training Day. Training Day. Um, his win, of course. I'm. Not, I don't think the film is great, as it were, but I think his performance is fantastic. So number four is Training Day. Okay. Number four for me, uh, you might be surprised this made my list. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. But I thought it, I thought he was absolutely amazing in this film. Uh, interestingly enough, this is a film based on a play, but I still thought it was good nonetheless. Uh, and that is number four for me is Fences. Good. Uh, number three is He Got Game. Okay. Number three for me, uh, the tandem between him and Russell Crowe was too hard to ignore. 
Um, I thought it was a great movie. It came, it, it, it was, he was very much a similar type character in this film as he was in Training Day. That's why it made this list for me, American Gangster, number three. Number two is Malcolm X. Okay. Number two for me, uh, the tandem between him and Tom Hanks was great. I actually haven't seen Malcolm X, otherwise it probably would have made my list. Um, number two for me was Philadelphia, a young uh, Denzel Washington in that film. Number one uh, was on Joe's list. It is Fences. Uh, it's based on the August Wilson play. I'm a huge fan of August Wilson's work, so I've seen Fences on stage before. Uh, I've never seen Denzel Washington do it, obviously. He did do the role on Broadway. But this is a um, – he wrote the adaptation of the script, and he also directed the film as well. Uh, so Fences is my number one film. Number one for me, I put Training Day. Um, I really, really liked the film. Uh, it was certainly a difficult watch at times. Plays He plays a corrupt police officer. But I thought his acting and his performance was amazing. It was the, one of the best I'd ever seen. Um I remember saying quotes from this movie for a long time afterwards. Um, you quoted the movie for a long time? Is that what you said? Yeah, for a What's while. What's a quote from a training day? I can't think of one. Do you not... want me? T- I-, I can't say it. It's oh, just... it's a cuss word? It's a cuss thing. Oh. I'm not going to say it. It's a... It's a prof- it's profanity. I'm not going to say yeah, it. We don't want to. We don't want to get. Yeah, we, we don't want to get E rated. We're, we we're family friendly. We, on have, this we have kids. So we have kids listening. Do. <laughs> All right, but yeah, that, I put Good. number one training day. Ant- Antoine Fuqua film. Good. Um, who, of course, he's collaborated with on Equalizer and yes. Magnificent Seven. But he's. Stuff like but that. in all honesty, I could not do a top five for Denzel. It would be. It would do. Him. He did. You did no. do a top five, it Joe. Would, it would you be, did it, buddy. It would do him injustice to not at least mention ten top ten films for Denzel. He's had that great of a resume. I don't. Of course, you can't narrow it down to five. Russell Crowe, yes, but you did. Denzel, you did no. a great job, Joe. You narrowed it down to five. Unstoppable, Manchurian Candidate, Fallen, The Hurricane. Remember the Titans? How do you not like Remember the Titans? I the do. Great, it's just the, not a top. The five Great Debaters, John Q is a great film. Glory. And he got game. How do you not include Glory? That's such an amazing film. Anyway, I didn't put it on my top. I'm just saying that's why you can't narrow it down to five. He's got two big resumes. Next time we're doing Seth Rogen, but we're going to do top twenty though because I just simply can't narrow it down. Okay, well I'll just do super bad for the whole entire thing. (laughs) Obviously not. We're not going to do that. Knocked up one to twenty. Uh, you can do Knocked Up with Superbad. That's pretty good. Um, HBO Max came out on Wednesday. Joe, have you checked out HBO Max? I downloaded it. I haven't watched it That's yet. all right. It's a start. You got to download it to watch it. Um, initial thoughts on HBO Max. I have looks some. Good. And looks Joe, good, just, just pop in whenever you like. I wrote down looks, some things. Looks like a friendly app. It looks similar to... It moves pretty well. Navigation yeah. seems pretty easy. Um, couple surprises and a couple things. Okay. Um surprisingly harry potter all eight films are on the service yeah i saw that this was not advertised this was not marketed um we were all told that nbc universal and sci-fi had the had the rights to the films basically through 2021 apparently on monday um nbc universal and warners worked out a deal so all of their films all the harry potter films got to be on the service sci-fi still has the cable rights so they will still be showing the films um, but of course, Harry Potter is a massive Warner Brothers franchise. Cool. So to have all eight films on the service from day That's one great. That's great. is cool. Great. Um, 
The HBO Max originals, a little disappointing out of the gate, I will say. Um, the only kind of main one that's really kind of meant for me is Love Life starring Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick's great. Oh, you mean the new ones. Yeah, HBO Max originals. Um, Anna Kendrick is Anna Kendrick. She's fantastic. Um, but again, not a ton of new content coming yeah, out right away. Just yet. That's okay. I'm more they, excited for what comes out after. They have that. a lot of library stuff. Yeah. Come on, you can't discredit that. Uh, but yes. One thing that was disappointing for me was the DC stuff. Not a ton of DC stuff, to be honest. Again, I understand most of it is still stuck on DC Universe. Um, none of the Nolan Batman films are on it. That's true. Uh, but just, I think they, they hinted before that whenever Tenet drops, everything from Nolan will drop on Warner's kind of at the same time. Cool. So they're going to kind of make it a promotional Great. type of thing. And just um, to be clear. So no Interstellar, no I was gonna say, just Inception, to, no Dunkirk. Just to be clear, yeah. so I understand, HBO Max owns Warner's? Warner's H- owns HBO Max. Warner's owns HBO. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah. And there's no Warner Brothers streaming service. No, this is it. This is the streaming, okay, this cool. is the streaming service. Good. I'm glad they're paired up with HBO. It's great. Yeah, they've owned, they owned HBO for, Good. forever. Great. Good for um, Warners. I will say... I um, license, on the tour. We did go on the tour. <laughs> uh, licensed content. Um, someone had a question about why is there licensed content on there that is not Warner Brothers content. For example... Friends? Um, uh, no. no, Friends is Warner Brothers. Uh, I was talking about movies like Ford vs. Ferrari and stuff like that, which is like a Fox movie. Um, why is it on there? So Fox, it is. It is. So Fox had a contract with HBO through 2021 that all they they will get the the rights to Fox films to premiere on HBO. So any film like a Fox film like oh, X Men Dark see, Phoenix I see, I see. will go to HBO. So um, even though my that's guess is when that contract is up, Disney won't renegotiate that. Probably. They'll probably just keep it with Hulu. But there's whenever if you're going down the list of films on the app, um, whether you're doing a TV on your tablet or whatever, uh, if the film is just listed as the film, um, that means it's a Warner Brothers film. But if it says HBO at the bottom of the film, that means it's it's probably a licensed film. So there's a bunch of films that say HBO at the bottom. That means HBO owns that content, um, at least temporarily, uh, if that makes sense. Um, again, the biggest draw, the biggest draw, even the biggest draw is the original HBO content. Um, so everything that was on HBO now, everything from Game of Thrones to The Sopranos, uh, The Wire, Entourage, everything is on there. Um, which is great because the HBO programming for me is, was worth the $15 a month I was paying already. Um, so to get the service on top is pretty, pretty good. Um, I'm probably going to be canceling cable soon, which is all right with me. Yeah, I mean, some of the not all the content that they promise is on there. They said South Park won't show up till June. Again, just like Disney, they're going to kind of sparse out their content. They're not going to dump everything at one time. Good. They want to entice people to keep coming back and cool. keep saying, "Hey, we have new content." Cool. New content. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, for what it is so far, I like it. I'm more. I'm really excited about. The originals that are coming down the pipeline, um, but that's going to take a while to get there as well. Last but not least, Joe, let's end some on some theme park stuff. Disney Springs in Orlando is open. Uh, that would be like your downtown Disney type of experience. Uh, there was a reported six-hour wait for the World of Disney store on the first day in Disney Springs. 
So that is just the store. That is not going into the theme park. That is just the store. Uh, virtually anything you can get at Disney Online, you can get the worldwide the the World of Disney Store. But people waited up to again, not everybody. People waited up to six hours to get into that store. Again, with social distancing and stuff, they could only let a certain amount of people in the store. Um, so I'm sure it took a while to get through. But six hours to get through a store uh, was a little long. That you can just buy them. Yeah, Universal Studios Orlando is looking to reopen June 5th. That seems very, very early. But again, Florida uh, appears to me much further along than most states when it comes to reopening and things like that. Um, nothing on Universal Studios in Hollywood that appears to be months, if not till 2021 away, unfortunately. Uh, speaking of Florida, Walt Disney World is to is planning on starting to reopen on July 11th, so a little bit more than a month away from here. Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom will open on July 11th, and then the two remaining parks, Epcot and Hollywood Studios, will open on July 15th. Guest capacity will be reduced, temperature checks, mask, and advanced reservations will be required, just like we talked about before with Shanghai Disneyland. Um, they have to go through all these steps. Um... To put it in perspective, Disney World is the largest employer in Central Florida with around 70K employees. Again, so that is a big driving force as well to try and get uh, a lot of these people back to work. Again, 70,000 people sounds like a lot. It obviously is. We're talking four theme parks. We're talking two water parks. That includes all the cast members in the park, plus the water parks, plus 26 hotels, plus all the, you know, it's just... Disney World compared to Disneyland, it's, it's just incredibly massive. Uh, and especially hotels, we're talking about 26 hotels. Um, it looks like the NBA is going to have some sort of tournament in Orlando at ESPN Wide World of Sports. Um, so we'll see what happens with that. Joe's very, very excited now that he's back into basketball from watching Last Dance. <laughs> um, no, no Spurs or Bulls, though, plan. Because they're not good enough. Um, okay. That's all I have for today. Joe, appreciate your passion. Appreciate your honesty. Appreciate your thoughts. Uh, always enjoy being here. That's all I have Likewise, for today. Likewise, buddy. Likewise. Stay safe. I hope you guys are all staying safe. Please like, share, comment, rate, review, and subscribe. I'm going to say goodbye. All right. Take care, everyone.